You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Today's episode is brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Happy Victory Monday to you. The Buffalo Bills defeated the Los Angeles Rams by a score of 35 to 32, improving to 3 and 0 on the season, 2 and 0 at home, and my goodness, do you have your breath back yet? What in the world, folks? A 28 to 3 Second half lead became a 32 to 28 deficit in a matter of minutes. But the Bills found a way, won the football game, and improved to three and oh. Going to talk about the things I like from this game first, and in the second segment today, we'll talk about the things I didn't like, and then we'll close out the podcast with a look ahead, an AFC East roundup, and we'll see how I did with my predictions for this week's Bills game. Didn't have to be like that, did it, folks? I mean, I it was such a weird roller coaster of emotions. You're watching this game, you're seeing Josh Allen play well. They go up 28 to 3. The Rams are a good football team. The Bills are playing well. You're starting to just really believe in this football team. And then touchdown after touchdown, after touchdown, after touchdown. Four consecutive touchdown drives for the Rams in the second half, and the next thing you know, they're winning the football game. Now, there's some things that happen along the way that we'll talk about. But I don't know about you, but as I watch this lead go away and as I watch the Bills kind of unravel, it brought back all these weird emotions about the way I felt about this team for so long. And trying to find silver linings and things that are going wrong and getting myself ready for the disappointment of losing the game and having to face inevitable comparisons to the Falcons and how they've blown leads and just would have been a tough week of conversation on this podcast. Well, that ain't the way it's going to be, folks. The Bills found a way. They won the football game. Let's talk about what I liked. First of all, let's start with Josh Allen. There's no other place you can start. He willed this football team to a victory. Completed 24 of 33 passes. That's a completion percentage of 73. 311 yards, four touchdown passes. Another touchdown rushing. Accounted for five touchdowns in this game. His third consecutive 300-yard passing game to start the season, a passer rating for the game of 128.9. Josh Allen is that dude, right? He's that dude. 
He's the best player on the field when you're watching the Bills, and he makes fantastic plays, and he's a competitor, and he's just so fun to watch, especially when things are going right, and they are right now for this offense and for Josh Allen. Really love that this wasn't a monster game for Stephon Diggs, right? He had like four catches, a touchdown. John Brown hurt his calf, missed the second half. No Zach Moss, no Dawson Knox. Found a way, didn't matter. Bills went out there and scored a bunch of points, had a ton of yards, and won a football game. Another game-winning drive and fourth-quarter comeback for Josh Allen, his 10th game-winning drive in his career. The Bills have won 18 games, 18 regular season games, with Josh Allen as the starting quarterback, and 10 of those have included a Josh Allen game-winning touchdown. Some other notes from Josh Allen, 1,040 passing yards through the first three games of the season. That's the most ever in Buffalo Bills history. He's the first Bills player ever to be responsible for four touchdowns in back-to-back games, and his 12 touchdowns in three games is the most ever in the three weeks of a season for a Bills player. He is doing unprecedented things when it comes to playing football for the Buffalo Bills. I mentioned some of the things that Josh Allen was able to overcome in this game in terms of uh, some guys that he's used to having at his disposal that were not. And you have to love across the board, a lot of guys on offense, but even a guy on defense that, you know, not necessarily household names or, or guys that are key players, if you will, guys that have prominent roles, but still found a way to make meaningful contributions to this win. And I'm going to mention some of these players, and I love this because it just shows that there's more ways to win than just Stephon Diggs right, and John Brown. This team is proving that they can win games not by just playing good defense, right? (laughs) You've seen that over the last couple weeks. Haven't played good defense in a while. Still showing that they can win football games. Good football teams find ways to win football games. So anyways, there's players that aren't major prominent guys on this team that made important contributions. How about TJ Yeldon? Three carries for 18 yards, including a first down. When it was his time to step into the football game, he played well. Gabe Davis, four catches for 81 yards four on four targets. You know, John Brown's a non-factor in this game. He's targeted twice in the first half, doesn't play in the second half. Gabe Davis, four for 81. Tyler Croft, all the foot problems that he's had. Dawson Knox is out with a concussion. He comes in and has four catches for 24 yards, including two touchdowns, right? Two touchdowns, and he caught the fourth down conversion. That set the Bills up for the game-winning touchdown. Lee Smith, first time he's active all year, catches a touchdown pass. How about the guard situation? The Bills made the choice to bench Quinton Spain. They start Brian Winters at right guard, Cody Ford at left guard. Cody Ford's not played on the left side of the line of scrimmage ever. Right, not in the NFL level. He never played on the left side in college. Brian Winters, very limited amount of time on this team and starts a game at right guard and the Bills win the football game. A.J. Epinesa played 17 snaps last week, which was the first time he played ever in the NFL. This week he has a sack. Those contributions are big. Not any one of them is big. Well, maybe maybe Tyler Croft, but not any one of those is monumental in you know by itself independently. But when you add all those up, that's big time. 
It's important. When guys have their number called and they answer, that's good. That's a sign of a good team. How about Brian Dable in this game? 35 points. Almost 400 yards of offense again for the Bills. The same challenges that Josh Allen faced, Brian Dable did as well. He's got two new starters on the offensive line, basically, because you're moving forward from the right side to the left side. Your wide receiver two is not there. Your tight end one's not in the game. Your RB two is not available. Finding a way. Finding a way to get it done. Getting other guys involved. Red zone. How about that? I mean, Brian Dable, 5 of 5 with touchdowns when the team got to the red zone. In that one drive, the Bills scored three times. <laughs> right? Stephon Diggs caught two touchdowns. Neither of them stood. Finally come away with a touchdown pass to Lee Smith. But my goodness, the Bills basically scored seven touchdowns in this game. Only five, but you know what? You understood what I'm trying to communicate there. It was really good play calling and really good execution and a really good plan when it came to the red zone for Brian Dable. How about Devin Singletary? 13 rushes for 71 yards, four receptions for 50 yards, 121 total yards from him on 17 touches. We knew he'd have to have a big role in this game. Zach Moss is unavailable, and he looked like a feature back today. Critical plays were made. He made guys miss in space. He was decisive with the football. He protected the ball. He was reliable. It was a good game for Devin Singletary when the Bills needed him to be a bigger factor than they've asked him to be so far this season. How about Cole Beasley? Six catches, 100 yards on seven targets. He was clutch. Big-time catches and big-time moments. He's the guy that caught the pass on third and 22. Came down with some critical catches. Led the team in receiving. Levi Wallace had an interception. That's nice to see. After he got abused last week by the Dolphins. Obviously, the Bills defense gave up a ton of yards and a ton of points, but Levi Wallace with an interception was a good play. Thought Matt Milano played well. Again, I don't have a whole lot of good things to say about the defense. We'll get to that here in just a minute. But... Matt Milano, I thought, played well. He had some good moments in coverage, some good run fills, had a sack. You felt him. You felt Matt Milano on the field, even though the, the defense collectively played very bad. Corey Bajorquez, two punts. Both of them were great. Both were inside the 20, including a 72-yard punt. I mean, Corey B. had that one-line drive against Miami, but otherwise the guy's been money. Now, the Bills don't have to punt very often, which is great, but I don't think we can be disappointed with Corey B. so far this year as the punter. How about Tyler Bass? Let's talk about this guy. Five of five on extra points. I'm not going to make light of that. This is a rookie. This is a rookie who missed two from inside of 40 in his first NFL game. Since he missed that second field goal, he's made 12 in a row. Now, I'm including extra points, but he's been true on 12 consecutive kicks since missing those two inside the 40 field goals in week one. I think that's great. You could see a young kicker like that losing his confidence right away, and he's bounced back and made every single kick since that second miss. 
then I think you just have to talk about the team, right? I mean, the team was resilient. They found a way. Good football teams find ways to win games. Defense was not playing well. Had some adversity that they had to overcome in the second half, whether it was the quote-unquote interception that wasn't an interception. Not a chance that was an interception, by the way. Tyler Croft came away with the football initially, landed with the ball, and John Johnson comes over and puts his hand on the ball, and all of a sudden that's an interception? Awful call. In my world, Josh Allen hasn't thrown an interception so far this year. That was a terrible call. Stephon Diggs had that drop. Not enough people are talking about that. That was a moment of adversity that the team overcame. Josh Allen had the personal foul. Josh Allen had the face mask. Some big-time behind-the-sticks moments. They found a way to win the game. And that's what good teams do. The Bills are a good football team sitting at 3-0. and It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete or a stay-at-home parent or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable chair Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all of our listeners 25% off your next order when you use promo code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout at CBDMD. Let's talk about some things I didn't like from this football game. You can't like squandering a lead. You can't like being up 28-3 to at halftime. And the next thing you know, it's 32-28. to 28. I blame it on the defense. I thought the offense had more life in the third quarter than we've seen in a while, right? But the defense, Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier's defense has been bad the last two weeks. The offense had to bail out the bad defense. My, oh, my, how the tables have turned. Didn't expect this. I have optimism that the defense can play better moving forward because Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier have a long history of coaching good defense and with this group of players. But right now, it's not playing well. 478 yards, 32 points. Rams were 60% converting on third downs. Four straight touchdown drives to start the second half. 29 points in a row they were getting it any way they wanted it 167 rushing yards 5.2 a pop on the ground 311 passing yards 9.1 yards per pass didn't matter what they wanted to do they could do it against the Bills defense like they were soft butter run fits were bad in this game folks one thing I noticed and we talked about this last week previewing the game a lot of cutbacks Zone rushes. Bill's defensive line was not in their run fits. They weren't squeezing gaps. They weren't fighting with pressure. And those gaps were just widening and widening and widening. You got to squeeze down. Got to squeeze down. Didn't happen. Gashed us in the run game. Pass rush completely disappeared. You had two sacks on the opening drive, right? Back-to-back plays. A.J. Epinesa, Matt Milano. 
that was it. Didn't feel like the pressure was affecting Goff or getting to Goff at all after that. So you have good pass rush on the opening drive, and then it just disappears. Goff was able to comfortably pick apart the Bills' defense, finding outlets. Wasn't doing anything spectacular, just found open guys. Distributed the football, scored a lot of points, gained a lot of yards. That's what Sean McVay does so well. He schemes it up. He has so many answers built in for his quarterback that if he has time, he's going to find them, and it's not asking him to make difficult throws. It's just leverage, leaking guys into space, finding leverage, dink and dunk. thought Tremaine Emmons played bad. I think his angles are just off right now. I don't know what it is. You guys know I love Tremaine, but can't defend his play lately. Just not taking good paths to the football. Maybe he's just used to Jordan Phillips being on his toes at the snap or what, but, I mean, he's he's just not arriving balanced, square, or with precisely calculated angles. That Robert Woods play, very similar to the Jamison Crowder play. Tremaine should have tackled him. I'm not, I don't think he's having mental errors in terms of processing and not being where he's supposed to be. Maybe some tardy responses and coverage. The two-point conversion comes to mind. But for the most part, I think it's just angles. His angles are off right now, and hopefully he finds those soon. Got a tough task this coming week in Josh Jacobs with the Las Vegas Raiders. So, yeah, the defense played bad, right? I mean, I could sit here and, and spin it 10 different ways, but collectively the defense was poor. 32 points, almost 500 yards. Pass and run didn't matter. Pass rush didn't show up. Wasn't a great day. Bills found a way to win, but not a great day on defense. Two injuries, Deion Dawkins, uh, shoulder injury, John Brown, calf injury. To my knowledge, those are the only two players that didn't finish the game. No Mario Addison and Micah Hyde left the game uh, but came back. But uh, Dawkins, I know it wasn't a lot of time. It was towards the end of the game. So you love to see Ty Inseki come in there and you know be able to man the left tackle spot and wasn't prohibitive to winning. And then you love seeing Gabe Davis take on a bit more of a role and, you know, make some plays for the team. But, you know, John Brown and Deion Dawkins are key players for this football team, and hopefully those aren't substantial injuries and they come back this week. The last thing I wrote down here for things I didn't like was offensive line played bad, and I have a question mark. I got to watch a tape on this. But it felt like late in the game, they didn't play as well. I know Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald started to take over the game, and you sort of expect that. But there were some other guys getting some pressures. It was coming from some different angles. I think Josh was holding the ball a little bit. You could tell towards the end there, Josh was turning it into some backyard football. So it could have been a little bit on him, but it felt like the offensive line and the pass protection was a little bit unstable down the stretch. Need to watch the tape to know for sure. And I'm not just talking about Aaron Donald's beasting guys, but I thought collectively I saw the offensive line. It felt that way. Again, I got to watch the tape. So I put a question mark by that. We're not sure if I'm going to fully criticize the offensive line. I need to confirm that <laughs> before I before I say it. But from watching live and responding now and thinking back, again, it could be some just Josh Allen turning it into backyard football, but 
didn't didn't feel as stable towards the end there. Need to tell you guys about Built Bar. This is the best tasting protein bar that I've ever had. Talked about them in the past, but they're back with a new product line, and it's even better than before. There's six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They're all covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew with the texture of a candy bar. These things are great for anyone who is health conscious. Whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in something delicious that is good for you, you got to try Built Bars. They're all low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for anyone on the keto diet. Right now, we've got a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKEDON. It'll get you 10 bucks off. Your next order. Again, builtbar.com, promo code locked on for 10 bucks off your next order at builtbar.com. Let's close out the podcast by taking a look at the AFC East, see how I did in my predictions, and then a quick look ahead to this week on the podcast. First of all, an AFC East roundup for you. The Patriots, they were victorious this week, 36 to 20 winners over the Las Vegas Raiders, the Bills' opponent in week four. Patriots are now two and one. They ran the ball 38 times for 250 yards against the Raiders and only 27 of those came from camp. So they gashed the Raiders in the ground game. The Jets lost 36 to seven to the Colts falling to 0 and three. Sam Darnold threw three interceptions, including two pick sixes. I am nervous that the Adam Gase era is going to end sooner than I want it to. I don't know how you justify having this guy as the leader of your football team, but my goodness, they haven't looked competitive for a second this year. Of course, the Miami Dolphins beat the Jaguars on Thursday night football, 31-13. They are now 1-2. So the Bills in first place at 3-1. Patriots in second place at 2-1. The Dolphins are 1-2, and and the Jets uh, in the bottom of the division at 0-3. So, looking at the AFC, the Bills are 3-0 along with the Steelers, Ravens, Titans, and then the Ravens and Chiefs play on Monday Night Football. So, one of those teams is going to be 3-0. So, there's going to be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 3-0 AFC teams entering Week 4 with several that are 2-1, the Patriots, the Browns, uh, and then, of course, whoever loses the Ravens and Chiefs tonight. Looking at my predictions, I did not do well. I predicted a rushing touchdown for a Bills player not named Josh Allen. That didn't happen. Now, Devin Singletary had his chance, uh, but didn't happen. Didn't get in. Uh, I predicted 27 or more completions for Josh Allen. He wound up with 24, so I missed the mark. Quentin Jefferson will log his first sack as a Bill. That didn't happen. So I'm 0 for 3. I said whoever has more pressure on the quarterback will win the game. Now, I don't know the answer to that. I'll be able to look at the pressure rates uh, tomorrow when I get the the advanced stats from the game. Uh, but until then, I don't know if I got that correct. But I sort of feel like I got it wrong. I felt like the Rams got more pressure on Josh Allen, particularly late in the game, than the Bills did on Jared Goff. But we'll find out. I might have got that one right. But most importantly, I predicted the Bills would win, and that happened, and the Bills our three and O oh. coming up this week on the podcast. Tomorrow is herd mentality where I will respond to your questions, comments, takes opinions about the Buffalo bills. So make sure you get those in Joe at the draft 
is the email. You can hit me up on Twitter at the Joe Marino. Shoot me a DM. I'm going to record early afternoon on Monday. So if you don't have it in by, I'd say one, two o'clock may not make it to the show. So uh, if you can get those in early on Monday, that way I can get it recorded and ready for you to have on Tuesday. That'd be much appreciated. Uh, Wednesday, we're going to get into the weeds with the Las Vegas Raiders. We're going to break down the Bills opponent from every angle like we do every Wednesday. Thursday is crossover preview with the Lockdown Raiders podcast. And then before you know it, it'll be Friday. I'll be hitting you with my leftover thoughts. We'll talk to banged up Bills about the injuries, and I'll give you some outstanding predictions on the game. Looking forward to it. Don't miss it. Make sure that you're subscribed to this podcast. Enjoy this Victory Monday. If you're feeling really good, leave me a five-star rating and a few sentences in the review column. But otherwise, thanks for listening, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.